0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Where Faith Grows. I'm your host, Laura Lambert. Every episode, I sit down with a friend, some old and some new, and we explore areas of our lives where we can let faith thrive and flourish. I'm so happy you're joining me here today. Let's find out together where faith can grow. and welcome back to Where Faith Grows. This week, I got to sit down and chat with Alex Rawls. I cannot wait for you to hear this amazing conversation. Alex is a Christian writer, wife, and mother of four. Born and raised in northeastern Oklahoma, Alex still resides there along with her family and their four dogs on several acres just outside Tulsa. She received her bachelor's degree in marketing from Oklahoma State University and works full-time as the social media manager for Oklahoma's largest state agency. When she's not riding, working, or chasing one or all of her children, she enjoys cooking with her husband, soaking up summer sun at the lake, or hiking in the wooded hills of Oklahoma. Alex describes her faith as being forged by fire. After seven years, her marriage was crumbling, torn apart by lies and infidelity. But then God... Without a doubt, the trials Alex and her husband have walked have led to an abundance of blessings and a clear direction on God's call for Alex's life—to share the hope, joy, and encouragement that only comes from Jesus with women who may be struggling with their place in life. This story will make you laugh and cry, sometimes at the same time. Alex shares her story with such transparency and such humor. I truly felt like I was catching up with an old girlfriend, despite the heaviness of the topics we'll discuss in this episode. You're going to be inspired and you're going to be moved as we talk about how God can create beauty from any ashes. So, without further ado, here's my chat with Alex Rawls.
1: Welcome to the show, Alex. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. My very first podcast, so I'm a little nervous. But Really? I didn't know it was your first ever. Yes. Yeah.
0: Crazy. Okay. That's really exciting. Well, don't be nervous (laughs) because we've already been talking for like 15 minutes for everyone that just now (laughs) came on. (laughs) You're just now joining us, but we've been here for a few. So catch everybody up to speed. Tell everybody kind of about your upbringing. How'd you get to know Jesus? That kind of thing.
1: Yeah, so living in kind of rural Oklahoma, um, right smack dab in the middle of the Bible belt, I went to church often, but I wasn't like a regular, so I would go with friends or my grandparents on occasion. Um, My parents both loved Jesus. It just wasn't something that they made a priority, and so, like, my dad is very—I think he was kind of hurt by the church at a young age, and so— He's always told me like I'm closest to God when I'm in the Deer Woods or when I'm on the lake or when I'm in nature. You know, he's one of those, and yes. um, <laughs> still has a very strong moral code. And like I said, loves Jesus, but it wasn't something I was in church every Wednesday and Sunday. You know, it was more like with friends. Um, vacation Bible School rocked that. Oh yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> you know all the
0: songs. Oh, you
1: know it. You know, especially <laughs> now as a parent, like I can still rock them. So, oh yeah. yes. I um I loved going to church, always felt very loved by Jesus, never felt which and I consider myself so blessed in this. I never felt attacked or um felt the church was against me in any sort of negative way. So have no trauma from the church, which I know a lot of people do and that like breaks my heart and I'm kind of passionate about that too but yeah, so. I've always loved Jesus. I can't remember a time that um, I didn't feel like he was, you know, my God and my Lord, where I hadn't given my life to him. Um, It definitely was as I got older. And even when Lyles and I met, we both knew we wanted to raise our kids in church. And so it wasn't really until then that my faith started to mature, I think. And I really would study the word versus just okay, I read my Bible today, you know, I read a verse, go me, yeah. you know. Um,
0: <laughs> I did it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it was during that early marriage time was when it really started to mature for me. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my faith-based background.
0: I love it, love it. And then in terms of non-church things, what do you love? Like, what are you passionate about?
1: Oh, my gosh. So, I'm in your grade seven. <laughs> So oh, I am not surprised by this. Actually, I was about to say this <laughs> makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> yes. So I love all the things all the time. Um, yeah, yeah. I just I love hanging out with my family and my friends, and I really took for granted like hanging out with just big groups of people. And now yeah. that like COVID stupid is here, stupid COVID. Oh, I miss parties. You know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I love to travel which is another thing that's like well you know thanks COVID yeah um, I love to travel we are big lake people too um one of oh, my yeah. lifelong dreams came to fruition last summer and we bought a pontoon boat <gasps> and so stop yes like I have people are like oh yeah we have a house boat and I'm like no the pontoon that's that's the way at. to go like it's the party bar. That's that's right? the
0: hangout all day boat.
1: Yes, like we just pull up on the beach at the lake and yeah. just yeah, so much fun. Um, I love that. Yeah. So that's I, I write a lot. I read a ton. I, not as much as I used to, but I'm like being stuck in the house due to COVID and also this crazy like snowstorm here in Oklahoma. I've yes, I think I finish, like more. three books in like a two week span, and that's like a new record since I've that
0: is so impressive. Record. So. Well, that shows myself. the power of your discipline. I, meanwhile, I'm I'm like, I'm going to finish, like, a whole season of this show on Netflix <laughs> from being stuck in the
1: house. I need to read my books more. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, sadly, I do that when my kids are usually at school. I catch up on Netflix on my lunch break since I work for Oh, Netflix. that's nice. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I, don't worry. I get my Netflix time in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I also feel like whenever you ask an Enneagram 7 what they're passionate about, it's always, like,
1: people. (laughs) I love people. (laughs) I love them so much. Yeah. And I do. I do. I love, um, I like, I feel like I'm a natural encourager because I'm, I'm just a very positive person. And so I love being able to change people's, um, mindset a little bit, which is some positive encouragement and seeing that transition happen is like, yeah, that's a very good feeling too. So. And that's kind of what i what I like my goal is with my writing and with my Instagram is just like, yeah, here's this negative thing that happened, but look what it can turn into, you know? And yeah. that's kind of that's my whole thing, I guess. And which is kind of annoying I love some that. like some people just like no I need to be in my negativity. And that's okay too, you know? But yeah. if you need to Sometimes some you just need a minute. Yes. Yeah. You're the lady. <laughs> I'm the lady.
0: There we go. So, I love that you said you love to write because we were just talking about how you need to write a book. And as soon as you tell everybody your story, I think everybody's going to agree. You need to write a book. (laughs) (laughs) So, we're going to all, like, push you in that direction after this. But start us on that journey just a little bit. Tell us about, like, just lay the foundation for your story for us. How about that?
1: Okay. So, buckle up y'all, because it is, yeah. a, it is a trip. It's like, I tell this story to people sometimes and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, so yeah, my husband and I, um, we met when we were in college and we both attended Oklahoma State University in Oklahoma and um, where the University of Oklahoma is known for like, yeah, their football. They're so great. OSU <laughs> is known for um, ags, agriculture school and being, um, kind of the party school. So just, nice. just take that in consideration. Um, we met at a party. I was at my friend's apartment and they lived below them and we were at a party. And the first time I ever saw him, he actually walked into the party with a Bud Light box on his head. And he nice. will, if he knows that I tell that story, he'll be like, oh, Alex, why? But like, I feel like that just kind of sets the tone. Um, and, but, like, he took the box off his head, and he was, like, this cute Southern guy, and I kind of got to know him, and um, he was originally from Louisiana, so he had this sweet Southern accent, and I was just, like, smitten. I was definitely attracted first. And um, so our relationship kind of got off to a weird start because I was actually supposed to um, go meet him that next weekend, and I got into a really bad car wreck. and Oh, no. Yeah. so I had flipped my car the dramas um, from the beginning <laughs> I know it was nuts. so yeah this lady hit me head on and so I went to the hospital for luckily only a night like it was kind of a miraculous thing but um I didn't show up for our date and he called and called and called <laughs> and my phone was like obviously it got <laughs> tossed around in this like accident <laughs> And oh so, my gosh, I thought you stood him up. But you actually had the best excuse ever. <laughs> and so I was so concerned about it that that next morning I was like, Mom, you have to find my phone and you have to call Lyles and tell him that like, I did not stand him up. <laughs> and so this poor guy, he wakes up the next day with my mom calling. She's like, Hi, this is Alex's mom. I uh, just <laughs> want to let you know. She did he not got see to meet your out. mom. Yes, so it was, we were just thrown into it right then. But yeah, for real. Yeah, he actually ended up coming to stay with us. Um, I think that like he drove up to Tulsa that night, and so our first date was like me like recovering from this accident, and he got to hang out with my family. So God bless him. Like it was just wow. Yeah, it
0: was very. He really intense. got thrown into the deep end on that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, he totally did. And so from that point on, I feel like we got really serious really fast. Um, we moved in together, and then we're both in a year sevens. So nice. we're always looking for that next thing. And this is something yeah. that is that like, we've all, both had to really work on throughout our marriage. But we're always looking for the next best thing. Like, okay, what's going to make me feel satisfied? What's going to make me, you know— make me feel safe and secure. And, um, for me, I think that was really pushing us to be more serious. Yeah. To get married. Okay. We're married. Okay. Let's have a baby. Um, and so the next level of excitement. Yes, exactly. So when I got pregnant with Claire, I had been told that I would probably have a lot of trouble conceiving. And so we had this conversation one day like, Oh, well, you know, we're married. If it's gonna take us a while, let's just get off birth control and see what happens. And like that next month, I was pregnant. And so, (laughs) oops, (laughs) I was like, "What did I? Like that?" Um, And so we had Claire, and we moved to Arkansas together. And that we were only in Arkansas for like six months, but I feel like it was so good for our marriage because I, I grew up as an only child, even though I have an older sister, um, who was just like, one of my best friends now. But, like, growing up, I didn't really know her. and um, Yeah. So my parents were my best friends, and they still are to this day. And so I relied heavily upon them. And so I feel like us moving to Arkansas really solidified our marriage and kind of, like, we had to depend on each other. Um yeah. And then my grandpa got really sick with cancer, and my mom got in a car wreck, and I was like, okay, I can't, like, I cannot stand not being home. Yeah. And um, so we moved back to Tulsa. And we built our house. And, again, it was just like this continuation of, a, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? And, yeah. Um, then we, ha- we did have trouble conceiving our second baby. And um, we tried for, like, two and a half years. And I finally got pregnant, and I miscarried. Um, oh, wow. I think it was, like, early March. And just, like, total devastation. Um, Sure. Had never, even though I had lost my grandpa, like, that kind of grief is just a whole different. Yeah. It's like a new level of loss. It's a new animal. Right. And I did not handle it well. Um, I definitely pushed him away. And to the point where I didn't even consider that he was also grieving. Like, he also lost his child. And I was so focused on me and my pain. Um, And then we got pregnant again that very next month. And that was wow, and
0: yeah, and so so, it's just like emotional whirlwind, (laughs) right?
1: And so then I feel like that's really when our marriage started to crumble, but I had no idea, Um, right? Because I I had gotten so used to being in my own little bubble, and um, Lyle's is fine. He's happy. He's very laid back, you know, and not really paying attention to him, right? And so when I was I was like nine months pregnant. Like I was two weeks from. (laughs) You were like ready to go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I found out that. He was having kind of an inappropriate relationship with somebody at work. And it had escalated to an affair. um, But there was a ton of text message communication, which is how I found out. um, Between him and this woman. And I was just like. (laughs) oh, my gosh, my perfect little world is just, like, fake, right? Bubble broken. <laughs> yes. And so I can just remember, like, that day and the emotional trauma, like, it did to me. My mom was like, like, you are not well. Let's get you to the hospital. And so she was like, do you want me to call Miles and tell him that you're at the hospital? I said, no, I don't want him here. I don't want him to be at the birth of our <laughs> child. Like, I was just like, uh uh-uh. And then— um, I don't know, like something happened. I I was listening to worship music. I know what happened. I was listening to worship music because I was like in the hospital bed. And um, he came home that night and I told him that I had been in the hospital all day. And he was just like, he cried and was like, I'm so sorry. Like nothing happened, but it was still wrong. And so we kind of pieced it back together. AJ was born. um, And I call her my chaos baby because she is, I mean, she's your typical second middle child. like. She's Don't crazy. tell me that when I'm about to have my second child. <laughs> but they're so. She's much an angel. <laughs> fun. She, they're so, so, so much fun. Um, but I call her my chaos baby because she was kind of like her beginning was very chaotic, especially with right. our marriage. Born and, in chaos. Yes. And at that point in time, we really just tried to put a aid on our marriage and like pretended like everything was fine, but it was not. It was not fine at all. Um, we were still going to church. But we were not fully invested in church. Like, our spirit was not there. Um, There was still a lot of distrust and just negative feelings, a lot of bitterness on his part from things that I had done or not done for him in our marriage. And obviously, like, trust was a huge thing for me. And I feel like that just pushed him further and further away. Um, so it was really around the fall of 2017, um... That I noticed a complete change, like August, September, those months when I was like, okay, he's really not here, and I, and I had the sinking suspicion that there was an affair going on because he was working late or he'd go in really early or, um, yeah, he would go fishing like every weekend and not want to be with his family, which was very odd. And so I knew, and then every time I would try to bring it up to him, he would just be like, no, you're crazy, you're you don't trust me, like kind of turn it around. Um to the point where this might be TMI, but like I would reach <laughs> for him at night and I would get turned down. Or yeah, like he just did not want anything to do with me. And yeah, he just like, wasn't even a, there anymore. Right. And as a woman, that's like crushing. <laughs> like, okay Yeah, especially I, like I just had a baby. I right. don't feel great. <laughs> yeah. And um it just got to the point where I feel like I was crying all the time and I was not happy and our kids were not happy. And I was, I would say, do you, I can remember vividly one day sitting on the bed with him and like crying and saying, do you love me? Do you want to be in this marriage? And he just like looked at me and was like, I don't know. Oh, and at that point I was like, okay, we're done. Like, and so I started yeah. asking him to leave and I started looking at apartments for him. And I was like, here's a nice place. Like we can afford it. We can split time with the kids. Like I was like, you need to go. If you don't want to be here, you need yeah. to go. And he just wouldn't, he would not leave. And so that made it worse, right? And um, yeah, because you're just stuck in this house together. Yeah. And so then I took it upon myself. I was like, you know what? I'm going to focus on me. I'm going to better myself. I started going to the gym. I would have like girls' nights with my friends. Um, I was going to church and I, I was just focusing on me. And yeah. <clears throat> and then. At the gym one day, this guy is next to me on the treadmill, which is, like, if you're a woman and you've been to the gym, like, you know how it is. Like, sometimes you're like, (laughs) stop. Like, I'm not here for that. But he was just, (laughs) like, he was just a genuinely nice guy. And uh, we struck up a conversation. And the next couple times I saw him at the gym, we continued to talk. And it was just like this friendship. He was going through a divorce. And looking back now, I'm like, oh, girl. Oh, sweetheart. (laughs) Um, but, you know, then it, <laughs> then he, like, he gave me his phone number and was like—and I don't make him sound like he was some, like, predator, because he was not. He really wasn't. No. He was hurting, too. Right. Exactly. And, um, you know, he played it as, I know what you're going through. If you need a friend, if you need somebody to talk to, give me a call. And so I did. And that friendship <clears throat> quickly turned into something else, because not to—I do not want to justify my decisions— By any means, but I was a broken person. And so this nice, handsome guy giving me this attention that I had lacked was like a fake bomb for my soul, right? Not what I needed. Exactly. But what I thought I wanted. Um, And so things progressed and I started having this affair and I had taken the girls to a friend's birthday party one day. I left my Apple watch sitting out. And, and to be totally honest, I wasn't hiding it. Like it was not yeah. obvious, but. Yeah. Cause in your mind it was over anyway. Yes, so. exactly. And so um, he saw these messages. He like actually went through, which really shocked me, but he went through my watch and like saw these messages. Cause I think he had an inclination that something was going on. Sure. And he um, called me and just said, Hey, I saw those messages. <clears throat> from the sky and I'm moving out and I, I was at that this child's birthday party. And I just said, okay, all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Because like, and it was almost like this relief, like, okay, thank God, mm. like I can move on or we can move on or we can start going forward instead of being stuck in this right hole of nothingness. And so he moved out and, um, We started living separate lives. We split time with the kids and we were civil. Like it was never, sure. um, like we were never hateful or, but what was so odd to me was how broken he was when he was moving out. Like for the first time ever in this whole two year saga up to this point had never shown any real emotion and he was just heartbroken and that killed me, right? Yeah. and he kept saying, I, I never thought you would do this to me. I never thought you would do this to me. And um, I didn't feel guilty at that point. <laughs> and like, I, yeah. I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm so sorry that you're heartbroken. But something had to give. Like, it, we needed yeah. some sort of reaction. And um, and that's what I told him. I said, I can't believe, like, you're showing me all this emotion now. Like, I when I've yeah. been asking for something for months— And so we went our separate ways. Um, I was still going to church. My heart wasn't in it, you know, because obviously I was stuck in this very sinful, like, I knew I wasn't doing what God wanted me to do. Um, But at the same time, I was still going to church and, like, still trying to be good, right? Um, But still desperately needing something to make me feel better. And I start going out with my friends more and drinking more and making more bad decisions and um, but still I would get up and go to church on Sundays and like yeah. would worship and just like cry <laughs> during yeah. worship and like know that, like I was so so broken and so lost um but also still knowing that God saw me there and he was with me there and almost like I always felt like he was saying I'm not leaving you and whenever you're yeah. ready, you'll make the right decision. Um, Just like a good father does, right? And, right. You know, sometimes a good father will pluck you out of a situation and say, enough, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, we done here. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes he's like, you have you have to make your decisions. Um So, like, my heart was kind of hardened and broken at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was mad at my husband. I was mad at myself. I was a little mad at God, Um, you know, and I can remember before all of this happened, we were living in Arkansas and I was rocking Claire one night, my oldest daughter, and I always like to play worship music. And the song Oceans came on my hill song. And like, just listening to the lyrics of that song, rocking her one night, I was like, wow, like, I love God. And I feel like my faith is pretty solid, but what would it be like to have a faith like that. To say, I will go to the depths if that's where you ask me to go. Um, and I prayed, I was like, I want a faith like that. And then like, here I was, and I was like, Lord, I did not mean that. I, I did not want to go out into the deep. <laughs> I you take know? it all back. <laughs> yes. And um, so, yeah, it was total struggle bus.
0: Okay, so I really wanna tell you guys about the Tailwind app. This Instagram and Pinterest scheduler has more than doubled my engagement on both platforms and I just can't sing its praises enough. Let me tell you a few things that I love about it. Number one, it's an easy visual scheduler so you can see what your Instagram feed will look like and it gives you great insights into the analytics and performance of your posts. Number two, you can schedule content for Pinterest and Instagram. And they have the ability to create visually stunning pins right within the app. And you can even schedule Instagram stories. Three, they have their own hashtag generator, which this is one of my favorite features. I use it every single time I make an Instagram post because it recommends top hashtags based on your caption and even gives you the popularity of that hashtag, as well as the ability to create hashtag groups that you can use over and over again. Number four, they have a smart bio feature that allows you to create multiple in bio links, customize to your brand colors, and even tie links to specific Instagram posts. I seriously love Tailwind. I've been using it for months now and I've seen great results. And I knew you guys would love it too, so I went ahead and snagged a $15 code for you guys that has no expiration date. If you just use my link that's in the show notes of this episode, you can get a $15 credit towards Tailwind Pro to use right now, or you can just go to tailwindapp.com slash I slash It's Laura Lambert to redeem your $15 credit today.
1: can't even, I don't even remember the day or like it happened slowly. We started spending more time together as a family. Um, there was some forgiveness that was starting to happen and we both decided like, Hey, let's start going to church together. There was a new life church that opened at our hometown. And so he's like, let's start going there. You know, it's close to home. We may know people. And so we started going to life church. Um, and I can remember one Sunday and it was during the series. Hope in the Dark, which is about yeah. how your faith <laughs> grows in that silence of God. Like when mm. you you have to rely on your faith if you can't hear God, if you can't feel him moving um, <clears throat> and just knowing deep within you that something's going to change. And so it was during that series and we were worshiping together and Lyle's was just like crying and holding my hand. And then he like wrapped me up in his arms and I was just like, that for the first time, I was like, okay, there's my husband. There he is. Like, I've been waiting so long. Um, and here he is. He's back. And in the car that day, he held my hand and he said, do you promise you're going to stay with me and that we'll make it work? I said, yeah, of course I promise. He's like, that you will stay with me through anything. And I was like, of course, I will stay with you through anything. Not knowing <laughs> what was coming. Um you know, <laughs> to put on it's just around the riverbend, right? And um, so that <laughs> next Monday. Perfect quote. So yeah, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I like to try to sneak in Disney whenever I can. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so that next day, that Monday, actually is kind of when, quite frankly, all hell broke loose. Um, so he had texted me. He didn't stay with us Sunday night. He was like, I've got some stuff to do at work. I want to get some stuff cleaned up in my apartment. I'll come home tomorrow after work. Okay. So he sends me a text message that Monday. um, I think it was around 10 or 11. And he said, I need to tell you everything that's happened the last eight months. And we were like, actually, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I, you know, like, whenever that fear hits you and you just feel like physically weak. yeah. Um, and I was, home, Claire was at school. I was home with our middle daughter, AJ. And it was just us too. I wasn't, I was working from home at that point. Um, and I said, were are you having an affair? And he was like, I'll call you as soon as I can. I'm in a meeting, but I'll call you as soon as I can. And I was like, oh no, no. no. You're not going to just go here and drop a bomb and then be like. Which Why? like you knew at that point, I'm sure. Yes. And so I'm in a panic. And so I do what any mature woman does. And I call my mommy. Um, (laughs) Same. Same. (laughs) And I call my mom and I'm like, like, I know he's, I know he's had an affair. And she's like, okay, but you did too. So (laughs) (laughs) What a mama. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And like, like, she's such a mama bear, but she's also like, you messed up. Um, She was like, why is he telling you? this all of a sudden right now, like he seems scared. Like he seems like he has to tell you for some reason or, and then she said, who's pregnant. And it was just like, I think I might have blacked out for a minute. Cause like the world just like went dark when she said, who's yeah. pregnant. And so then I was just like, oh my gosh. So I sent him that message. I just said, who did you get pregnant? And, um, it took him about three minutes to write me back because I feel like I was counting the seconds. And he just said, he told me her name. And it was somebody that he'd worked with for years. I considered a friend, not like a close friend, but a acquaintance. I was always kind right. to her, you know. Yeah. And um, I always kind of felt like she had a thing for him, but he's a good looking, smart, intelligent guy. Like, I'm proud of him. Like, you
0: know, of course. <laughs> You're like, like, who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah
1: um and so I was just like and I immediately called my dad and I was like I am not in a space where I can take care of my daughter and I need you to get here as soon as you can and they only live a mile away from me so he was there within seconds and was just able to um just take AJ for me and I don't quite honestly I don't remember the few hours that passed because I was so emotionally distraught um how yeah. can my perfect life be this? You know, my husband wants to get yeah. back with me, but he got this other woman pregnant. Um, <laughs> like, how is like, how is this real life? Yeah,
0: this is and, not gonna be a sweep under the rug situation at this point.
1: Right, right. And so, Lyles got home, he left work early. <laughs> Good call. Um, <laughs> Good job, Lyles. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> He does make some good choices. Um, No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But (laughs) we we were sitting out on the back porch and it was like, it was September or late August. I can't remember. It was late August. And so it was very hot and the wind was blowing. And it's like, I remember every single thing about this. And uh, we're sitting across from each other on the back porch and the wind was like blowing the leaves. And he was just crying and just like repenting and like I'm so sorry I made so many wrong decisions. I I was lost. I I want to I want our family together. I want you like I don't want anybody else but you uh um, will you stay with me? And there was just like this moment, like a heartbeat. And I clearly 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 heard Jesus whisper, stay with him. And in my mind I was going, oh heck no, like I'm getting the best divorce lawyer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to get so much alimony so much child support you know and then to hear like jesus whisper this on my heart and like i couldn't even like argue yeah right i couldn't even um say anything but okay yeah okay i'll say um and i would like to say that the rest is history but <laughs> it <not>. stopped. <laughs> it never is um, it never is, right? There's been um, a lot of therapy, a lot yeah. of um, work that's been done. And yeah, so that's kind of our our backstory. And um, I think it, it, that key moment of my life goes back to John thirteen seventeen, And Jesus says, you don't know what I'm doing now, but later you will understand. And so... I reminded myself of that in the hard times. Like, yeah, I I don't know what's happening, but I know God will make a way. So, there's, there's like, that section. There's so <laughs> much. I'm about to
0: digress from what we planned on talking about for just a second, because when you were in the middle yeah. of your story, I just like, I just think this is such an important point, but you were talking about how at your darkest, you would just go to church and you would just worship. And it just like, what—we we have such trouble in the church, like, reconciling the fact that brokenness can exist in that space. Yes. We want to fix it. Like, we—and so, like, I, I don't know how many people knew about your situation, but I can't imagine the people that would come up to you and try to, like, give you their best advice or just, like, preach to you. And it just— I know for me, when I've been in moments of brokenness, it just falls on deaf ears because you're just not ready to hear it. Like, you're not there. You're so broken. I've been, I've had times in my life when I'm so broken, I can't even pray. I just, like, mm-hmm. you're just not there. And it's, I just, like, I think it's so poignant that you set, you said all that because it just shows, like, when people are broken, they just need a space where they can, where God can be invited in. More often than not, they don't need us to fix them. <laughs> they just need yeah. space because he, he's always there and he'll do his job. We don't have to make it our job.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, that's such a good point. Such a good point. Yeah. And, you know, I have in my notes to talk about this later, but. Go ahead. <laughs> I, even when I was there and I felt like the prodigal, like. Yeah clearly hiding from God but not like I know you're there Lord but don't see me in my shame right yeah um sometimes the only comfort I would get would be in those more moments of like just pure worship like
0: yeah
1: feeling dirty that I was worshiping like I should I should be dipped in fire Lord but (laughs) like also knowing just that that deep seated knowledge that God saw me in that and loved me in that and was still like, come on, you can come home at any time, you know? Like, I, I just, I will always shout His glory for that, you know? And yeah. He was still working. I, that's the most important thing. He was still working. Even when I couldn't feel it and I couldn't see it, He was doing a good work.
0: Yeah. And it's like, it's easy to see that now. It's hard to see that in the moment.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> straight up.
0: <laughs> ah. Okay, yes. so we've jumped around a little bit, but I want—actually, I just want to skip to this. What okay. What was it like going back to church after all of this, going back as a family, explaining this to your family? Like, I think this is just such the reality of situations like this. Mm-hmm. I just want to know what that was like, and how did you get through that?
1: Yeah, so, like I said, my parents knew immediately— um, Yeah. Because my mom was the one who I, like, worked it out with, like, (laughs) put those pieces together with. And, you know, my dad was the one who I called um, to help me through that emotional thing. Sure. And and God bless my dad um, for showing me—I the. mean, a good father on earth represents the Father in heaven. Yeah. And— this will make me cry. <laughs> but like, he <laughs> ran to me. He ran to me in that moment of need. He literally picked me up off the floor. And he let me have my space to lament and cry. And then he said, okay, now we're going to move on. Um, so my my parents have always loved Lyles. Like, and treated them as their son. And so I think they were just as heartbroken and upset with him as I Maybe not quite as... <sighs> But pretty, pretty upset, right? <laughs> my dad was very disappointed, Um, but they never, well, I'll take it back. My mom, like I said earlier, is a mama bear. Okay. So she was pretty upset and yeah. she was like ready to throw fists, I think. But, um, <laughs> I think when she, when she was able to see my reaction and because I had many long talks with her about, like, she was almost angry that I chose to forgive him. And yeah. I was like, this is not, one, this is not your decision. This is not your family. Like, this is my family circle, and I know you're trying to protect me, but I I know I'm being called to forgive him, and I know that God is doing the work in this. And for a long time, um, I don't think she understood that, but little by little, God softened her heart through the situation, yeah. and to this point, where like now she looks back on it and she's like, "I'm so proud of you. Like I cannot believe you were able to do what you did." And I, and I tell her that was not me. <laughs> taking Zero credit. <laughs> Trust for <this> me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's been a blessing in so 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 many ways because I see how my one act of obedience has let has opened some doors for not yeah. only my parents, but for other family members who maybe not have quite understood why I would do that. But when I they give me the opportunity to really share that um that decision and how I got to it, like I feel like they understand that it's supernatural. Like yeah. it is very unhuman to forgive something like that. Yeah. And So it's really opened a lot of doors and I think has led or allowed God to move um, in some people's lives that maybe he wouldn't have had the opportunity per se, or they would have been shut out to it. Um, And, you know, it's also amazing to see with my bonus son, how others can see how I accepted him and I loved him and I welcomed him. And so they do it. Yeah. And now like when christmas or birthdays or whatever he's just one of ours he's just another one of our kids and there's never there's never any discrepancy or difference or anything like that and i think that's really amazing and that softened a lot of people's hearts in that way too yeah um and then as for church you know the thing i love about life church is i always say that like we're a place for broken people yeah and <laughs> they make that like very clear and so when Miles and I were, like, we knew we had to go in and be very honest. Like, we didn't want to <laughs> have it. Like, this is our situation, but we want to serve and we want to get involved and we want to do this. And we knew we had to be upfront with it. And yeah. I think there was a little, like, fear that they were going to be like, mm, it doesn't quite fit here, you know. Hide your <laughs> yeah, because that is often the case. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. They were like, oh, wow, okay, that's unique, but cool, come on in. And when we were met with that, or when we wanted to lead a small group, we were like, are we going to be disqualified because yeah. we both had affairs, you know? And they were like, no, that's great. Like, you have such a great testimony. And just that mindset and the way we were welcomed, um was a huge, not only relief, but, like, being able to go to church and really get involved and serve was so good for our marriage as we continue to work through things. And, yeah. Um, In turn, we have been able to bless other marriages by sharing Mm -hmm. our testimony and say, like, you can walk through the hard stuff with Jesus. Like, he will literally lead you through the fire and you will come out so much better on the other side. Trust us, right? We know. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, like I said, it's just, I look back on it and. The amount of blessings there are, like, in every aspect, from what I once thought was the blackest and ugliest of sin, what God has done, is just like, oh, come on, Lord. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just Uh, incredible.
0: (laughs) That's the perfect segue, because this whole episode is going to be titled Beauty for Ashes. So talk about what that means to you now, that statement, now that you've walked the road.
1: Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, man, this will make me emotional again, too. It's I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like, he really does. He can take a dead thing and raise it to life. And yeah. he can take the thing that you damaged, like the responsibility and the consequence should be on you. And he can still take that and say, okay, let's, let's fix it here. Let's do this. And better than new. Um, and it, you know, it reminds me of, (laughs) my kids love rocks. I don't know why, but they (laughs) love rocks, right? And my daughter has this rock she found and it's a, it's like a perfectly round rock and it's smooth. And she like has, it's even worn more smooth because she carries it around all the time and she painted on it. Loves this rock. It's like out randomly in our place, like it's where everybody can see it at all times. And, um. My youngest son Landon threw it one day on the tile and it broke. Oh no. And it just, oh, AJ was very upset. AJ, she oh was my probably God, she shattered. She was just as shattered as a rock and it broke in half, like <laughs> perfectly in half. Oh. And so I was like, you know what? It's okay. And so I got some super glue and we like glued it back together. And um, the way the crack is, is like right in the middle of her flower, but it makes like kind of a cool design. And I was like, look, I was like, it's just as good as new. And she's like, yeah, but now it looks like this, and that's even better. And I'm just like, yes, yes, that's right. Like, that's exactly what God does. He takes what you think is completely broken. And when you, like, I say humble yourself, but let's be honest. Like, I was broken to the point where I had nothing left, okay? So I have to be (laughs) humble about being humble. Right. Because I was just like— Here's this grossness that I made, Lord, can you do something with it? And Here's my pile of poo. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> yes. And he, he did. And what the magic he wove in it and in our story and in our family and in other families because of it. I think I don't even realize the goodness. or I can't even see all the goodness that he was able to work yeah. through this. And so that's the beauty for ashes. And it's all for, it's all for his glory. And I just happen to be lucky enough to get a ton of happiness from it too, right? <laughs> but like, I go back to God uses broken people so his glory can be magnified, right? And what I can clearly say when other people can look at the story and be like, yep, that's a God thing, Um and only God could have done what he did. And he did it so beautifully. That's only a testament to him and yeah. his goodness. So that's beauty for ashes. And it's it's become like a family motto. Like my, my best friend for Christmas, she gave me some bangles that say beauty for ashes. And um, oh. yeah, like everybody knows it. it's kind of our thing. <laughs> so. It's just like. Two things you
0: said that I like want to harp on and harp on and harp on. One, I love that you were like, even if we made the pile of crap. Like I think a lot of times people think like, <laughs> that was not the that was a little off color to say, but whatever. I, I think like even <laughs> even most of the time people think of beauty for and they're like, oh, I've been hurt and like God can turn it into beauty. That's the e- not okay. That's hard too, but like mm-hmm. that's the easier one for us to accept. It's hard when it's like, oh yeah, but I actually did this. <laughs> I messed this up. Like, to him to God, there's no difference. And I just love that that is what you said. And then the other thing I think about is like, yeah, that's the thing that's when we allow God to make beauty from ashes, we won't even see all the beauty because I think about your kids, like as they grow up, I think about your bonus son, like this stuff that he's gonna get to experience to say like, I was chosen by this woman who didn't have to choose me And now, like, what beauty does he get to reap from those ashes that, like, was because of your and your husband's decision? And that's just like, oh, that makes me want to (laughs) weep. Yeah. Okay, so one more thing I want you to talk about. Actually, there's two more things, but we'll try to speed through them. This is going to be a long episode. Sorry, everyone. It's worth it every minute. Okay. Okay, talk about God using anyone and any situation to work for His glory, You've already touched on it, but I just want to hear you, like, speak on that for a second.
1: Yeah, you know, as I read through the Bible, the way I read the Bible now is so different, too. Because instead of saying, oh, well, God used, you know, all these great people, now I'm like, oh, they were broken just like I am. You know, from the very beginning, right, you look at Abraham and Sarah, and Abraham, like, lied about Sarah being his wife, and (laughs) then— Sarah was like, well, I can't get pregnant, <laughs> yeah. you know, take my maid. And it's like, but we constantly try to screw things up and God's like, no, okay, you know what, Just, it's fine, I will things it. <laughs> like." Or Moses, like we always hear like Moses oh, yeah. being this incredible man of God and he was, but he was also in the desert because he murdered someone. And yeah, <laughs> right. And we forget um, that part. <laughs> yes. Yeah. King David, King Solomon, all the greats of the Bible leading up to Jesus, We're very broken people. Um, And like I said earlier, you know, it's about God. I really feel like God sees us in our brokenness and already knows how he can use it. And so he, sometimes I think he allows us to make those bad decisions so he can come in and clean it up and you'll be like, okay, yeah, yes, Lord. And, you know, like preach to the nations, the goodness that he's done, um, because I feel like that that's when his goodness is the most revealed is through our brokenness and through our weakness. Um And I wrote down here, he doesn't need perfect and he doesn't need pious. He just needs someone humble enough to know and admit that they need him. Yeah. And also humble enough to say, look what God has done on the back end. So
0: yeah, he doesn't need
1: perfect. He just needs you and all your brokenness and he'll do the rest.
0: He just needs you to show up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> So for people who are kind of in the midst of their own pile of whatever, <laughs> uh-huh, whether caused by them or not, what would be like your advice for how do people even begin to draw near to God when it's like there's just so much brokenness? Like, where yeah. do you start? What would what would be your practical advice there? Yeah.
1: So whenever I um, would find—so we, we live on some acres, acres mm-hmm. of land obviously, but like, <laughs> and when I would feel emotionally heavy, I would just go for a walk into the pasture. And a lot of times I would be crying to the point of screaming, like that deep lamenting, like just soul crushing lamenting. And I would be reminded um, of Jesus in the in the garden of Gethsemane and how I feel like he was so broken that he said, God, take this cup from me if you can. But then he says, but not my will, your will. Um, and then there you have it, right? He just, he he admitted that he wanted it to be gone, but he was still going to follow through. Um, and there's also a song related to that by Influence Music called Spirit Lead Me. And so I love worship music. I've talked about worship a lot and I will always continue to do so. But there's lyrics in the song that says, um, and then it, I've landed on my knees this is the cup you have for me. And even when it doesn't make sense, I'm going to let your spirit lead. Mm. And like that, I feel like there's so much freedom and peace to be found in just giving it to God. And I oh, I know people listening are going to be like, well, that's easier said than done. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I, I will say when you really like, proverbially fall on your knees to worship or when you pray and you're so broken that you can't find the words to pray but you're just inviting God to be with you he will show up he will he'll know the words he'll know what you mean he'll know what you're asking for like it doesn't have to be um this super detailed prayer like he knows he sees us in our (laughs) innermost right um so I would say worship like when you feel like you can't when you feel like you don't want to the last thing you want to do is praise god worship anyways um because he's always 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 shown up for me when i draw near to him in that way um and also john eleven thirty five. 35 it's like the shortest verse in the bible but it just says jesus swept his friend lazarus had died he saw his friends mourning and he was moved and he wept too, and he cried too. And so whenever you're in that deep despair, know that Jesus is weeping with you. And sometimes you mm-hmm. don't, like you said earlier, like people try to fix it. We don't need people to fix it. We just need somebody to come alongside us. And Jesus does yeah. that every single time, every single time. Um, and he he weeps with us and he weeps for us and he sings over us and um I just I would hope that if you're struggling, you can just envision that and, and you can really feel God's presence come over you and holding you. Um because that is sometimes the single most thing that got me through another day is like knowing that God was there with me. So yeah. that would be that He may not change your circumstances, but he'll show yeah. up for you for sure. That's I love that you
0: said. That last bit. But it's like you said earlier, too. It's like, whether you realize it or not, he's already been working in the background. So he just needs you to show up. Like, he's already—you haven't seen it, but he's already been in your deepest despair. He has already been working. So just give him some space. (laughs) Give him some
1: room. (laughs) Yeah. And like I said, I was reading Lisa Devere and she said in one of her books, um, or in the book I'm reading right now, um, Without Rival— that when God is silent, it's usually because He's busy working. And that was like, oh, come on, sister. Like, yes. Like, hello. (laughs) Say it again. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I highlighted that part. Um, But, like, that's a good thing, too. Like, maybe just, like, be still. Keep worshiping. Be still. Because God is moving mountains.
0: Yeah. Woo! I feel like we could go on for another hour. But I'm not going (laughs) to do that. (laughs) Instead... We're going to segue into something light and happy. I end yeah. every interview like this. And I love it because it like gives me lots of things to spend my money on that I don't need to. So <laughs> <laughs> tell me about three products or three things that you love right now. It could be tangible or intangible. It doesn't have to be related to faith at all. Just like what okay. is
1: lighting your fire right now? Three things. Okay. Um, I would say anything by Lisa weird. but I feel like I've talked about that so much that you guys already get it. So, um... Yes. <laughs> you guys already get it. Yeah. You need to read a book. Okay. Um, my friend down in Texas actually has a, her own small business. It's called Clothed in Strength and Dignity. You can find her on Instagram. Okay. And she designs and, like, prints the cutest T-shirts. I have, like, eight of her shirts in my closet. Um, she makes, <laughs> like, stamped bracelets. And she also came out with these new little coffee stirrer sticks with, like, oh, quotes and Bible verses on them. Her name That's is right on right my alley. Too. So like obviously, like we both share a great name. You belong but, together. <laughs> yes, we do. But she's just so cute and so sweet. I love following her on Instagram too. Um, another thing, since I've been iced in for what it's like forever, <laughs> is like I've been baking so much. I baked bread and cinnamon rolls. The best chocolate chip cookie recipe by far is Crazy for Crust. You can follow, find her on Instagram too. That's a great name. Her chocolate chip she is coming out with a cookie recipe book, which Lord oh, help yes. me with my willpower. But um, her chocolate chip cookies, man, with some hot cocoa on a snowy day, it, like the angels sing and like the Lord blesses it. Like it's <laughs> oh, so <Lord>. good.
0: <laughs> Why do you have to say that to a pregnant lady? <laughs> it's over for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it says to let them chill in the fridge for like overnight, but I just stick them in the freezer for like an hour. So <laughs> I was gonna say, waits to, overnight, no. Yeah. If you want to speed up the process, there's my trick. Um <laughs> oh. <laughs> in the last oh, thing. You're gonna you're gonna be able to enjoy it because you've seen me on video, but this is yes. so silly. Okay, this is such a silly thing. But my friend um Tucker Design Co. She got me hooked on these. They're called Red Aspen Nail Dashes, and they're glue-on nails. Okay, I noticed these
0: when you first came on. I I wish everyone could see these. They look, it looks like you went and got a manicure. Like, they look so good.
1: Like, okay, these have been on for almost two weeks, and they're glue-on. They don't damage your nails because they're made with, like, I don't know, some sort of, it's all non-toxic, but, like, glue. Yeah. Um, And you can just, like, pop them off. They're reusable, like I love going to get my nails done, but I don't have time for that. And also, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so I also yeah. don't want to like sit.
0: Face it feels face. wrong. It feels wrong. <laughs> it
1: does. <laughs> so this is so silly, I know, but like I love these things. Like
0: they they're so eyes. cute. I love the little leopard one. She has a leopard print on her pointer finger. Yes. Yeah.
1: So cute. I love a little. I love a little animal print just to spice. I things, do too. Like, with my, my husband, and t-shirts that I always wear. <laughs> yeah, just
0: gonna look cute with my <laughs> <Yeah>. loungewear. <laughs> My husband makes walker, fun of me. Okay. He's always like, hi, Carol Baskin, because I have, like, a leopard print loungewear set. <laughs> I'm like, that's just rude. you
1: like, it's I will cute. tiger. You know what she did to her husband, so you better <laughs> re-
0: <laughs> Yeah, you better watch out. You're going to go missing.
1: <laughs> oh. Yes, funny story. My friend always tells her husband, she's like, you were asking for a Baskins. <laughs> I'm like, oh, dang.
0: That's a t-shirt. Your friend needs to make that t-shirt.
1: <laughs> asking for a Baskins. Should. I'm gonna call her and tell her I've got a great idea. Yeah, tell it's her not that. Like your normal face stuff, but it could it's be leopard print.
0: Yes, a leopard print shirt that yes. says you're asking for a baskins. Maybe a little Carol Baskins silhouette, like in the corner. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> with
1: okay. the hair flowing.
0: <laughs> Someone's gonna take that oh, idea. You better call her to date.
1: I, I know we we'll have to get it done that is hysterical oh I can't wait to wear that t-shirt <laughs> I
0: love that okay on that note <laughs> thank you so much
1: Yay. for being on the show <laughs> you're so welcome I had such a great time
0: Alex, thank you for sharing your beautiful story with such honesty and such transparency. I love your willingness to use all God has done in your life to spread a message of hope to women who are trying to find their place in this world. I loved when Alex said, The amount of blessings there are in every aspect from what I once thought was the blackest and ugliest of sin. What God has done with that is just incredible. I think it's easy for us to look at our own life situations and our own mistakes and think that God could maybe repair them, but we have so much trouble seeing that God can actually use those situations to create beauty and blessings for us—and that He wants to do that. I hope Alex's story can inspire you as much as it did for me today to banish that thinking from our lives. God creates blessings out of anything that we allow Him to use. For everyone listening, I can't wait to meet you back here next time. Today's show music was created by Nick Petrov. Additional music and editing are by Aaron Trimble, and show notes are by yours truly. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for joining me, everyone. If you love Where Faith Grows, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and give it a thumbs up. I sure am glad to have you join me in this space where we can explore faith and all the places it grows together. Have a wonderful week, friends. I'll see you next time on Where Faith Grows.